Welcome back for one last episode of For You and For Me, the podcast of Monsignor Karen Harrington's Sunday homilies. Monsignor gave the Midnight Mass at St. Joe's. The first reading for this Christmas Mass was that famous prophecy of the birth of the Messiah from Isaiah, which begins, the, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The second reading is the transformation of life from Paul's letter to Titus. And the Gospel reading is, of course, the birth of Jesus from the Gospel of Luke. Monsignor today reminds us to be wholehearted when we encounter Christ. And what better time for us to be reminded of this than when God himself has been born? And Monsignor makes the point that this year may have left us feeling quite hopeless, and yet Christ is here for us, and he is here for us in times when we may feel distance from the church. And he calls us back to remember what Christianity is really about, a relationship with the real person of Jesus Christ. So Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad. You know, uh, when reading uh, the scriptures, different things strike you at different points in your life. And so at some point when I was reading the scripture, I know a number of years ago for preparing for this mass, what would strike me is no room for, no room for Christ at the end. Uh, there would be different things that would strike you at different moments. But this year, I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about the shepherds, and I was thinking about that they immediately made haste to greet the Christ child. And I guess in my own life, I was thinking about how we can't be half-hearted uh, when we encounter Christ, that we have to give our whole heart to Christ. That's what he demands, and that's what was certainly the case for the shepherds. They immediately went with haste. They didn't think about it. They didn't have to debate about it. They immediately responded to what the Lord was calling them. And I think that this is an important point uh, for all of us uh, in terms of our response to the invitation to encounter Christ. I think about that, and today, if you were reading in the New York Times, there was an interview between Cardinal Tobin, who is the Archbishop of Newark, and Nicholas Kristof. Nicholas Kristof, of course, writes very much about situations that are unfolding in the developing world and how many people are struggling with immigration or struggling with the migration of people, struggling with oppression, struggling with poverty, struggling with different illnesses, different diseases in other parts of the world. Nicholas Kristof, who is not, pretends not to be a believer, says he is not a believer, but seems to be impressed by the missionary impulse of the church, especially in the developing world. And he was asking Cardinal Dolan, was he a Christian? He, so he asked Tobin the question, am I a Christian? Because I don't believe in the miracles. I kind of buy in to the social justice concerns of the church, but I don't believe the miracles. And as I was reading that uh, interview, I was thinking to myself that our faith is founded upon the miracles that out, without the miracles, there wouldn't be the missionary impulse to assist people. This then becomes the question for us, is that what is it that motivates us to go out into the world? And what motivates us is the miracle that we're celebrating today, that God becomes a man. Why is it that angels have to announce the message to us? It's clear to us that a baby has been born, that a man has been born, but we hear about the angels because this is the reminder that it is the Godhead who has been born. 
The angels are echoing for us to remind us that it's the Godhead who has been born. And if you think for a moment about, we think if we were coming to Mass a little later in the day, maybe at noon, you would have the first from John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Think about this. The Word cannot speak. The incarnate Word of God is incapable of speaking now as a child. This is the humility of God who comes into our experience, that God is with us. You see, if we dismiss the miracles, then the whole system falls apart. Because what makes it right or wrong, good or evil, if we can't see how God is operating and moving in your life and in my life? The first reading we heard from Isaiah is the glad tidings reading. And of course, we think about this passage and it kind of makes us feel good. If we had read the chapter before, you would not feel so good because there was a lot of gloom and doom. And you might think about that chapter, which speaks about the sinfulness, the people who are in darkness, speaks about, well, we can maybe relate to that. And I was thinking about this. I was thinking to myself that most, because this is always the reading we have on Midnight Mass, most times when I read that passage, I think, boy, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. So this year, for those who had the election and all the division that's related to an election, I have friends of mine for 30 years, we can't get together for dinner anymore because they won't talk to each other because of the election. Maybe some of you are going to be going home to, uh, you're going to be going home for dinner, you might feel that same experience at home. If you think for, you think for a moment about how in our country this past year, there were people marching for separation, segregationists in Virginia. You might be discouraged by the fact that we've been on the brink of war with North Korea. You might be dispirited by the fact that uh, Puerto Rico was washed away, or that Houston, so terribly affected by a flood, or by or Florida so terribly afflicted. But the fact of the matter is, is these terrible things, which we may read into this passage, people in darkness, we might see our own time. This has been from time and memorial. Every year we would read this passage, we might be able to reflect back and say, boy, it's been pretty bad. So what is Isaiah saying to us? That there is hope. This is the challenge, hope. We have to have hope. And hope is in a person. Recently, uh, we were having Sister Heidi over there, had uh, the youth group from our parish, and uh, they had to do an exercise, and the exercise was, I am Catholic, but, dot, 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 fill in the but. And the answer almost unanimously came back from some of them who are on the altar now, as altar services, I'm Catholic, but, I don't hate gays. I'm not against transgender people. And it was almost every single question came back that way to me. And I was thinking to myself, wow, where, where is this coming from? Because I know what I'm preaching about most Sundays, and I know that that's not what they could be basically hearing here at Mass on Sunday, but that's certainly the impression. I am Catholic, but 
So where does that but come from? I would propose to you that that but comes from an imposition, not from the church, what the church is speaking, but really what is being said about the church. And so this colors our impression. It colors our impression of what it is our faith is. And I would propose to you that I am not suggesting that, there are, that, uh, that any individual is nefarious, but this is really the movement of evil to be discouraging for us, to discourage us, to separate us from God. This is what the devil does. The devil evil spirit separates us from God. And so how does that separation take place? That separation takes place because we can sometimes be dispirited, be discouraged. We can sometimes see in ourselves a sense of sinfulness and see that we can't be close to God. This is why Jesus enters into your experience and my experience, because fundamentally, Christianity is not about a moral system. It is not fundamentally an ethical framework. And so, when you read the Christoph Tobin article, we may see ourselves fundamentally in this question of, of a worldview of an ethic, moral theology or something, but fundamentally, and what you'll hear in church almost every Sunday, what you'll hear from the Pope, the official pronouncements of the church almost every single week, is about our relationship with a person and it's the person of Jesus Christ. And it's how my relationship with that person who is Jesus Christ transforms my life. The truth of the matter is, is that if I am engaged in a real relationship with somebody, if I'm not engaged in a half-hearted fashion, but I am completely giving myself over to somebody, that has to change my life. If it doesn't change my life, then I don't have a real relationship. All relationships are mutual. Relationships require mutuality. And so if I'm in a relationship with Christ, of course that's going to change the way in which I live my life. And so Christoph, at the end of his article, asks Tobin the question, am I a Christian? I believe in all these things, these good works, but I don't know if I buy into the miracle. And Tobin's response was, well, if you're not foreclosing the opportunity for God working, then you're probably in the tent. I would suggest that many of you who are here today could maybe identify in some sense with Nick Kristoff. You like the good things that go on in the church, the work of the church in Africa, which is unparalleled. If you think that the UN is doing anything in Africa, you're sadly mistaken. The work that's being accomplished in Africa is the work of the church to feed, to house, to clothe, and to provide medical services. Anybody who has been to the Middle East will say, the UN comes and paints a building and slaps the UN center uh, sticker on it. We've been here. That's not the quiet work of the nuns and the brothers who are operating in places like Tanzania and Zimbabwe, Nigeria, all throughout Africa and South Sudan, and so forth. What motivates people to do this? 
They are not motivated simply because of an ethical consideration. They are motivated by their encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. And that encounter with the person of Jesus Christ so transforms their experience that they're able to do things which are seemingly incredible. Brothers and sisters, today we come to this Mass. This Mass where we hear about the birth of the Word made flesh. He cannot speak. You must be his voice. Consider that this God-man, the God-man, the all-powerful one, comes into the world and requires a human being to wipe his behind, to change his diaper. This is the humility of God. And why does this man, this God-man, do this? He does it because he loves you, because he loves me. And the question I have to ask myself, the question you really have to ask yourself is, do we love him in return? The truth is, is that many of us are half-hearted in our response to Christ. But the good news is he takes what we can give him. After all, he appears first to poor shepherds. And what are we but in our poverty? In the poverty of all the things that we may be dealing with that are a part of our life, the challenges we may be faced with work, the challenges we may be faced with our family, the challenges we may be faced with health, the challenges we may be faced with our addictions or problems in our emotional life or problems in our relationships, or whatever it might be, this is our poverty. And in a few minutes, you're going to bring forth bread and wine. It represents that. That's why it's bread and wine. It's poor things. It's you. And you're going to give these poor things to God. And God is going to take these poor things, and he's going to give you a gift in return. He's going to give you the gift of his body and blood. And he gives you the gift of his body and blood so that you might be his body and blood in the world. And that's the missionary impulse. But you have to believe that you've had an encounter with the person and that miracles can take place. Because the truth of the matter is, is you can never have an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ if you do not believe he is alive if he died 2,000 years ago on a cross. And the challenge is, is if he did not get off that cross, if he did not rise from the dead, then everything that we are doing is for naught. That's the great miracle. The great miracle is, is that all the dissatisfaction that is a part of your life, all the pain, all the suffering, all the war, all the conflict, all the addictions, all the challenges, all of that has been put to death by Christ on the cross. And you will rise again. Now maybe you don't see that at this moment. But we are confident that God who stands outside of time and space will accomplish that work for you and for me. And that is what it means to be a person of faith. May God bless you and have a Merry Christmas.
Let me echo Monsignor's pointed question once more. Do we love him in return? The show is brought to you by DeSales Media Group. Thank you for taking this journey with me. It's been a real gift to be able to spend time personally with Monsignor, and I'm thankful for the positive response I've gotten over the year from you, our listeners, too. I hope you had a very Merry Christmas and that you and your family enjoy a blessed 2018. For Monsignor Karen Harrington, I'm Dave Plisky, and these have been his words to live by for you and for me.